Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week and Austin Zamhariri. Right now, we've got Trey Phillips joining us for our live broadcast, the end of year extravaganza. Well, uh, real quick, Jesse, uh, where all are we live right now? We are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Yep. Nice. All right. Nice. This is where I try not to make any mistakes. Ah. And there is Mr. Dalton O'Neill of Greenlight Events. Hey, what's up, friends? How are y'all doing? Good. Good. Look at those those curls, man. I like it. I know they're coming in. Appreciate the love here. We're trying. I got my oak, I got my oak cliff hat on because I know the Oak Cliff Christmas party's (laughs) happening right now. Right. I know. I'm trying to make it out there as soon as I'm trying to make it out there before we we head out, but um uh, you know, when we were talking about this last month, this this show, what we wanted to do, um, something that I was real passionate about was let's make this kind of like a end of the year tribute to, um, you know, other organizations in our team, um, you know, kind of our sponsor shout out. And so so appreciative to have you here, Trey, yeah. um, and, and all of the dedication that you've poured into the community. Uh, over over the year and over the, the years, frankly, and then Dalton as well with Greenlight Events and um, you know Texas Cannabis Roundup and just all of the support that comes from your side. Uh, you know we're just really appreciative to have you guys here, and uh, we'll go through and kind of talk about the year. And um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Jesse, what do you guys have? I'll let Jesse lead off. Well, I appreciate you bringing me in here, Austin. I, you know, just happy to be a part of the community. Seeing Gramps, Reverend, I love seeing Gramps on the podcast. Love seeing Gramps on LinkedIn. Love Jesse always writing articles that hold folks accountable. And love what Trey and Thrive are doing out there in West Fort Worth and bringing it to DFW. It's really awesome to see uh, all this happening. So appreciate you bringing it together, Austin. You got the best podcast, best platform. It's crush. Happy to help and support. Thank you. We're glad to have you, Dalton. <laughs> What do I have? I have I have patience. <laughs> get to the end of this year. We're getting well, close. Well, real quick, then let me tee off uh, and let's start with you, Trey. Sure. What What would you say? Wh- what do you take over the last year as positive successes for the Thrive organization, and and maybe even for you personally? Um. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great year um, for us and really for cannabis, especially in Dallas, Fort Worth, um, really have seen this explosive growth. I mean, obviously, um, you know, your THC derivatives like Delta eight and your hemp derived Delta nine has really fueled um, this, this interest in um, hemp cannabis and, and, and specifically uh, Texas cannabis. And so it's been really cool uh, to see all these different organizations and companies really coming alive uh, from Texas within the cannabis community, um, everything from, you know, media to the growers, to the retailers. Uh, and so that's been really exciting. Um, we, we looked at some numbers um, at the beginning of the month, and I think we've had something like 11,000 customers come through our door in 2022. And so wow. for us, for us, we're really excited about that because uh, that just shows us the message is spreading, uh, you know, within the community and people who a year ago in 2021, let alone in, you know, 2018 or 2019 when the hemp bill was signed, who had never considered a cannabis product. Uh, yeah. We know some of those people are now coming in and trying it and going out and telling their friends. And so that's been really exciting. Um, as well as the medical cannabis program that we have, uh, we're, we're almost to 4,000 patients um, wow. on the medical cannabis side. And so just really seeing, you know, pretty explosive growth on, on both ends of it. And again, the, the positive we take out of that is the message about the plant is spreading um, and it's just going to become more and more powerful as this momentum builds. So we're just really excited about how 2022 is shaping up to end and really looking forward to 2023. Yeah. 2022 has been an explosive year. Like you say, I'm, I'm amazed you're up at up to 4,000 patients now. And, and that's how many would you say of those are veterans, Trey? Uh, I'd say probably 
probably about 65%. Um, yeah, we have a really large veteran population um, and great group to work with. They're very appreciative. Um, and I mean, just a very humble group. And so we, we really enjoy our, our veteran population that we have. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We were just joined by Jay McGuire. He's joined us in our ex- new our end of year extravaganza. We lost his video there for a moment. Sorry, guys. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties. Just give me a moment, please. It's all right. Life is full of those. <laughs> Dalton, well, what do you have slated for the rest of the year? Oh, gosh. Well, this this uh, six-person Zoom has kind of reminded me of COVID uh, when everybody was like, <laughs> I remember one New Year's Eve, it was like everybody was on Zoom hanging out. It's like, oh, should we get beer here? Like, why am I drinking right now at my house? And I should see everybody's face. It's fun like that. Um, and the people coming in half the stuff, it's just great. Uh, what was the question, Austin? What's up with the rest of this year? I'll pull up yeah. my calendar. You know, I'm one of these old-school calendar guys in the events game. you got to have the calendars. Um uh, I mean, really, I mean, I might go to the Dallas Jingle Bell run. We got New Year's stuff staying as active as we can. I don't think there's much more hemp and cannabis stuff going on. I mean, the bill's getting pre-filed. Uh, it's always something going on, but not much the rest of this year. I think we're going to have a big Q1, though. And really, I mean, it's, everybody's just hitting the ground running. Yeah, I think everybody's everybody's uh, getting ready for the holiday season, kind of mm-hmm. locking low, um, getting ready for, you know, one more, you know, just kind of, holiday run and then i think everybody's ready to get their hands dirty in january people are ready man again with the covid stuff what was the last year was 2021 and covid was still kind of bad right like covid canceled yeah. some christmas parties yeah right yeah it was 20, like, yeah, 20, yeah. yeah this yeah. year people are meeting up people are hanging out people are i mean the hemp community never really cared everybody's blowing smoke at each other anyway but, yeah. you know, uh, it just seems like the the full stuff is there. I mean, you just go to Grapevine, Grapevine Mills out there where you're at, uh, Austin or Gaylord Texan or North Park, the Christmas spirits everywhere. So I'm just happy to happy to get some good vibes before the real work starts here in January, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, thank you for joining us, our little Brady Bunch screen of weed. <laughs> Happy to be here. I, I have the stomach flu, guys, so I apologize for coming to you from my uh, my bed. Um, oh, no. I know it's been really rotten the last couple of days, uh, but here I am. Um, that's dedication, fellas. If you, don't, if you don't care about cannabis in Texas, this is it. <laughs> wow. For sure. Thank you. We appreciate the stamina and yeah. uh, the desire to, you know, be with us and, and, you know, be vocal. Well, let's let's get what you've got on your mind out in case you have the dip out. Well, I, I just, you know, wanted to make sure everybody was aware that that our, our great nemesis, Senator Charles Perry, uh, <laughs> true to his word, uh, has inter- pre-filed a bill uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, Senate Bill... 264 uh, that I, sh- I strongly suspect will not be the iteration of the bill that comes up for a vote in his committee. If you remember, in the last legislative session, uh, Senator Perry came up with a committee substitute right as we were headed uh, uh, into the uh, uh, into the committee testimony uh, mm-hmm. and into the markup, which is the second hearing. So while you know, I I. Sh- and I'm going to say this, this bill will ban our products in the state. Uh, we also strong, we have information that he's going to try to ban flavors, which was a, a, an angle of attack that was uh, considered to be used against uh, vape, which is sort of the, in, in some ways, the predecessor to, to, to hemp, hemp derived cannabinoids. And many of the businesses that we represent were in the nicotine vape business before or still are. Um, and so, uh, it, it absolutely uh, is vital uh, that everyone in this industry, uh, whether you're a big business or a small business, pay attention. Um, my role, the Texas Hemp Federation's role in this, in this legislative session, we're going to pay particular attention to helping to coordinate the grassroots effort, uh, meaning average Texans, everyone from people who use our products, uh, to mom and pop CBD store and, uh, and, and vape shop owners that sell our products, 
uh, to manufacturers and distributors, we're going to bring them to the capital. Uh, the goal will be to, to pair uh, average citizens with their member uh, so that they have at least one, if not two touches to that member's office. One of the things that a member cares about uh, is their constituents, of course. But if they don't hear from you and they don't know uh, that it's of concern to you, and we understand that uh, this is a culture war issue that Senator Perry and uh, his superior, our lieutenant governor, uh, may uh, decide isn't worth the effort. Uh, if we are able uh, to make the case uh, that enough Texans uh, want to use these products, care to use these products, uh, and and rely on them for you know such things as what we testified for last session, anxiety, inflammation, pain, uh, general wellness, sleeping. Um, so you, you'll see uh, our group in the Capitol in the first couple of months doing the very uh, laborsome work of bringing people to, to the building, training them up on how to say uh, the things that need to be said. I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but it's it's not always easy for someone who's never been in the Capitol to know exactly sure. how to present themselves. Um, and uh, we will be working some uh, with uh, the veterans of foreign wars, who I think are going to do an outstanding job of reframing uh, how this issue looks to conservatives. Uh, I, I think I've made this point before that it's extremely easy uh, to otherize or to uh, marginalize people who are minorities who are black or brown uh, or uh, of a particularly or of a different political background. But it is very hard for a Texas Republican uh, to denigrate a Texas veteran. And veterans are using our products in, in, in their vast numbers. And it's important for the legislators to hear that. So um, th that's our goal. Uh, the Sky Marketing Lobby team will be uh, out in force, just as they always were. They, they were last legislative session. Uh, and uh, keep in mind that the, uh, the lawsuit uh, remains pending uh, in the Court of Appeals. So you remember, our we're operating right now under a temporary injunction that we obtained, uh, gosh, I guess it's a, about a year ago, um, uh, that uh, could uh, be could bust loose from the, the Court of Appeals at any moment. I will tell you, uh, my experience working in the Capitol uh, and having managed lawsuits is that sometimes legislators, when there is a major issue in, in before the courts and impending before the courts, uh, will say, well, uh, this is kind of a thorny matter. Uh, it's got some constitutional questions, and we really think we just want well, to just wait for the court to handle it. Um, and would you believe, though, uh, our, our, he's no longer on the team, but Scott Field, our appeals court, uh, former appeals court justice and appellate lawyer, said, yeah, sometimes the, the, the appeals court justices say, well, the legislature is taking this up this session. Why don't we wait and see what the, the legislative branch decides to do? It would be a huge win for us if neither of them decided to do anything. Um, so I, I'm not going to bet any money on it, but if I had my wish uh, for 2023, that would be it. Are you um, saying, just to clarify, are you saying that maybe less is more? I mean, when it, yes. Uh, in a state where we have conservative government, less is more supposed to be our mantra. In this case, maybe maybe it is. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's... I like how nothing happening is like a win for us because <laughs> we, we don't lose anything. We're we just trying anything... not. Hey, sometimes you don't got to win the game; you just got to try not to lose, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's always uh, right, the well, World Cup of cannabis here, going for a tie. Well, from a from a ten thousand foot view, I mean, look, San, city of San Marcos just is asking for you know Attorney General Paxton's help on what this even means. You have the yeah. city of Denton moving forward with decriminalization. So, like, it's not, there's multiple things here. It's not yeah. like it's offense versus defense. There's the special teams, there's the fans getting involved, there's different counties, district attorneys. I mean, 
I mean, Austin, we know people that have been growing weed in uh, Corpus Christi for like four years because this their district attorney said it was cool. You know, so this whole right. state is fragmented and we're losing the tax. We're losing this. So I'm I'm with you. I think less is more here. But also we have a lot right now. Like we actually have a decent amount of stuff going on right now. So if we can just hold it here uh, and get some good commerce, get some stuff on the books, to let it go through. But just just like just, just one. Let me interject one thing, though, guys, because I, I do have to work in that building. I am not here. The Texas Hemp Federation is a hemp federation. Mm. The day the day will probably come. Uh, when we start to shift our focus to, to the legalization of marijuana. But for sure. right now, with hemp-derived cannabinoids like Delta-8 legal in Texas, maintaining that legality is our, our number one and only focus. Mm. Um, I'm not uh, against legalizing marijuana, but it's a whole different uh, endeavor from the one yeah. we set out for uh, to embark upon here. Uh, but, you know, I, I see it coming one day um i suspect strongly though that the propensity of our republican leadership uh to to use uh issues like this as culture war issues um by which they maintain their majority uh and their their hold on on the statewide offices uh cannot be underestimated so this is this is the route we're going to take Let's get to be that time. We need to go into sponsor break. We've got some questions coming in. We'll start answering some questions. We come back from our sponsor break. We're the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by Coast Gramps and Austin Zam Harari this week. We'll be right back after our sponsor messages. Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams, and Gramps. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps and Austin Zamperi this week. We've got guests Jay McGuire, Trey Phillips, and Dalton O'Neill with us. Dalton O'Neill of Greenlight Events, Trey Phillips of Thrive Apothecary, and Jay McGuire of the Texas Hemp Federation. We left off, was talking about, there was actually some questions that were coming in, because our wonderful live broadcast system here allows us to, to respond and get messages and People are asking, uh, is there any strategy for opening the medical program more? I can answer that. I, I know that there uh, is going to be an effort to add to the list of covered conditions. Um, you know, I think it's really unfortunate that the, the list of covered conditions is a politicized process and not really based on actual medicine uh, or health and, and well-being. It's based on uh, whatever Senator Perry decides is is uh, appropriate, meaning that, it, you know, it. he said, we have, I'm quoting him, we have that thing 
so tightly constructed uh, that nobody can get high. I'm, now I'm paraphrasing. Nobody can get high off of it. That's just so wrongheaded. But, you know, I think he, he his convictions on this are, are honest. He is simply wrong. Uh, so when when people whose family member uh, has a, a a need for medical cannabis uh, have to come to the Capitol, uh, unlike in other states where the the health agency uh, you know evaluates conditions based on the best medicine has to 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 say about it. I think it's unfortunate, but that's how it is here. Uh, I know that um, you know some of my friends. Uh, that I know from the medical cannabis uh, uh, on the patient side will be in the capital, and uh, I, and also the veterans groups will be doing the same thing. So uh, I, I wish them good luck, and I'll do whatever I can to help too. We're, I'm curious, Trey. You sure. have you and your team have been embedded in medical cannabis and have been dealing with patients who have been. Uh, operating under the Texas Compassionate Use Program for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your um, thoughts on how things might play out or how, what a potential expansion of the Compassionate Use Program might look like sure. coming out of the other side of the session? Sure. So so my view and the view of my wife, uh, Dr. Lisa Gardner, uh, much like Jay's is, you know, we firmly believe uh, that really a politician has no place in this decision, that this should be between a patient um, and a and a medical provider on the best treatment for a patient. Now, we know that, you know, Texas isn't a cannabis utopia yet, so that's not going to happen. But I certainly do believe there will be some kind of expansion, whether that is more conditions added to the list, if it's a, you know, THC, you know, concentration expansion, uh, some, something I think will happen. Uh, but between that and then Senator Perry's bill going on, I mean, no one really knows, um, you know, which way they're going to have to pivot or what we're going to have to do, um, you know, when, when the session is over and September 1st rolls around. But I, I definitely think there will be an expansion. Uh, what that is going to look like, I think it's anybody's guess at this point. And real quick, let me let now let me round this into you, Dalton. You just got back from the Taste of Texas Hemp Cup, surrounded by a bunch of people who are big stakeholders in the Texas cannabis community. What is that? What is the environment like? What is the you know what is kind of the word on the street? You think that people are talking about you know with hemp in the cannabinoid sector and things like that moving forward. My my take on it, not just the taste of Texas hemp cut, but a couple of the things is, you know, a quote would be like, all politics is local. I think there's a podcast named that or something that I got that from. People that are in New Braunfels or in certain counties that have already already have decent tolerance. Cops aren't looking for that. It's the same way as jaywalking. They're operating. They're moving differently than these rural towns. So for them, some of these folks have been a non-issue. Like we talked about a few years ago, Austin, it's it's hard to get the folks in Austin, Travis County to show up because they've already had de facto legal weed. They just aren't commercing it in the correct, appropriate way. So, I mean, I think it just depends where you're from and what your business is like. I've seen a lot of people moving away from Delta 8, going to hemp-derived Delta 9, trying to stay away from any, you know, debated cannabinoids that they can, just trying to keep it simple. Um, that's kind of what I'm seeing is people trying to stay getting... You know, folks already going to childproof packaging, even folks IDing. You know, I've got to say, hey, we got to show IDs and stuff to kind of show, hey, we're open to some regulation, but we're going to draw the line somewhere because some of these real operators don't want it to be the Wild West. They want it to have some, um, you know, legitimacy to what we're doing. So I don't know. I think really it's depending on where you are is and and the operator. Uh, for lack of better words, the cojones on the operators because they're pushing it far. I mean, Austin, like we talked about, there's there's gas stations that are doing this. And then we find loves won't take CBD products. So the discrepancy of like what's happening right now between real retailers, establishment ones, and, you know, just what's happening on the streets is just, it's bewildering. That's why the government's, I mean, they're missing out on so much money here. That's and then another conservative talking point is we're losing revenue. There's already lawlessness uh, uh, for for most of the part. 
without proper testing and a lot of people not using the right standards that can't try. I mean, you go into a random CBD store, guys to say, where do you get this test? They have no idea. It's not labeled correctly. And I'm not out here screaming, I want regulation, but it's like, hey, what's going on here? Can we at least understand? So Austin, to answer your question in short, I think it's really geographically located depending on where you are in Texas. Some people are not worried about this at all. They Houston. People, Houston's not worried at all. They're not worried. Houston's not well, worried. The Hill Country's what? not worried. The, well, I mean, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because, um, you know, we, we have a new retail location in Parker County, which is just to the west of Fort Worth. Um, and just in the six weeks that we've been open, we have received a much different reception from uh, the government in Parker County uh, than we have in years in Fort Worth. So we've, I think, had three code compliance inspections in the last six weeks. I mean, little things like that. Um, so there definitely is a major difference in the localities that, you know, these these retail establishments are in. I'd, I'd say one more thing to add on. That's a great point, Trey. Austin, remember, you know, because you're old enough to remember all these hemp people at one point wanted a teacup license. Like we could pull the list of 43 names. A lot of them were teacup applicants. And what I'm seeing now is a much bigger divide. It's kind of the we are or we are not. Some of these hemp folks are happy to sit in their hemp lane and a couple are moving dirt, getting shovels to apply for medical license. I know yes. of a couple of big time grows popping up all over thinking that somehow having a big grow, 6,000 square foot indoor facility is going to get them somehow in line for a teacup license. It might, it might not. I don't know. They could change the rules. I'm not reading the bills, but there's the, the difference of the people jockeying, growing top shelf stuff, operating with total compliance. And kind of, I don't want to call them the lawlessness, but kind of the people that are just hustling entrepreneurs that are really for the culture you know, it's kind of like the suits and not the suits. I hate for it to be like that. But there, I can see the differentiating of we're gunning for a teacup license. We want to be compliant. And hey, the government doesn't have a hold on this. Let's make money. Let's serve patients. Let's support our local communities. Because again, at the end of the day, I think what we're all after is just safe, affordable access. You know, so as long as these communities have that, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump in and say, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. As long as the, the products are clean. You know, they're tested. The, the consumers know what they're getting for an affordable price. Like that's the free market right there. But but I can see them yeah. differentiating. I can see it differentiate. There's people that are gunning for it that aren't going to tolerate it. And now there's people that are and I'm, I'm not saying they can't be friends. There is a Venn diagram here. I think we all fit in the Venn diagram. For most part. I'm not speaking for y'all, but it, it's it's going to get real interesting here because it's never everybody's not on the same side. And there's like this common misconception that we are and we're not. And there's there's people talking about talking with people at Taste of Texas Hemp Cup that they kind of want to be in both spaces as well. They want to be in both the hemp space and the medical space. And they're going to I'd say some of them are smartly getting ready to use the hemp space to fund their medical space. In New York, I believe and we got a site reference. We always trust but verify. I think in New York, if you had a successful hemp business that helped you on the uh, merit-based application. So hypothetically, Texas passes a merit-based application on these things. Maybe having a successful hemp grow will get you points. That I'm not saying that'll happen. My nominee depends what the bill looks like, but it's just you know bold strategy cotton to invest in all that and then see, especially with limited buyers and products flowing in from out of state and stuff like that. But I'm more, more hemp we can grow in Texas, the better. It's just interesting to see how it's playing out. We'll throw another question up. All questions are good questions here. We want everybody the information they can get. Is all the CBD and medical cannabis in Texas hemp derived? We already know the quick answer to that is no. No. Trey, do you want to expound on that at all? Well, I mean, uh, the medical cannabis is grown here in Texas locally by the dispensaries, um, but there is no requirement to sell um, hemp-derived CBD that is grown in Texas or manufactured or processed in Texas. In fact, we see a lot of the opposite um, happening with some of these political bills coming in where, um, you know, we're allowed to sell as a retailer, I'm allowed to sell certain products from out of state, but I can't sell it from a Texas grower. So I guess the short answer to your question is no, um, not all CBD is grown in Texas here, uh, but the medical cannabis is. Another question that came up was, why not ban all synthetics and make safe products? And I, I, I got something to expand on that, but I wonder what, what y'all think about a Dalton Trey. Well, I, I think, um, I think you're going to see, I agree with Jay before he had to leave. I don't think the iteration of Perry's bill will be 
um, what goes to a vote. I, I'm thinking there's probably going to be some give and take, um, you know, that maybe we offer up. I, I say we, not me, but maybe the hemp, <laughs> the hemp community offers up, you know, the synthetics in exchange for, you know, hemp derived Delta 9 or, or whatever. Uh, but I definitely think that there's going to be some back and forth give and take. I don't think either side, whether that's, um, you know, the Republican, go you know, government or or the hemp side is going to get everything they want. Um, but hopefully, you know, there's some compromise where um, patients can have access and the Texas, you know, hemp community is not gutted in the process. Right. Right. Other things like requiring full panel testing. I'm so yeah. conflicted with this because I'm a free market guy. I'm not asking for more regulation, but we need some little help. It's like I hate who I'm becoming. <laughs> like, like what are, you be, are you becoming your dad? I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to make uh I did want to make a, a interesting point. I had and I don't even know the third name. We got Goodwin, we got Compassionate. What's the third one? Are they Knox? Uh, used to be Knox Medical, can Consortium. They've had a bunch of different names over the years. Okay, but... I, I have a friend that uh, gave me some intel that representatives from that third company are showing up to certain industry events. I think Metric had an event uh, in Austin, trying to roll out Metric, and I think representatives from that third license was there. So we might be seeing a third uh, company come. Uh, back back to the first question on so whether it's fluent. is going to get expanded. Fluent? fluent? Maybe it's fluent. I know fluence, I get fluence lighting by Orsom, the big lighting company in Austin, mixed up with Fluent. I think it is Fluent. Though. I can't keep up. I used to know. They changed their name a million times. But uh, going back to the teacup, it might expand with more license holders because originally wasn't it supposed to be 12 license holders? The the mandatory minimum under, under the original Texas Compassion Use Act was three. three okay. But they had, had anticipated because of the – the, the massive size of the state of Texas that they were going to need 12 mm -hmm. specifically with the regulations that you couldn't really like you, you had to like transport it within a day and you couldn't hold it off in, in like an off location, which is still like a really terrible problem yeah. for mm -hmm. teacup. Um, and so they anticipated regional, if you will, licensees who were really taking care of a lot of different regions of Texas. Like Arkansas, uh, like Arkansas does how it's like broke up cartel style. Uh, well, I mean, well, so it, it, there's, it, there's a lot of, um, it's very convoluted to say the least. And there's a lot of dynamic that, you know, they're kind of in this like, well, well we need to provide numbers so we can expand it. But at the same time, it's not expanding it's at weird. the rate that we need it to, to give it, to give it the numbers to grow so that we can use those numbers. So like there's, it's just like in this catch 22, people but at the same time, people are confused. Remember they opened up the licenses and all the attorneys were like, we're about to make all this money filing licenses. And a couple of people started, then they just shut it down. It's weird. It's weird. What the whole situation is weird. Yeah. It, it, and, and I think that's, it's very confusing for a lot of Texans who, you know, when they start to learn about the Texas Compassion Use Program and that it's actually regulated, regulated by the Department of Public Safety, mm -hmm. why is a law enforcement agency overseeing a medical cannabis program? It just, there's just a lot of things about the program that don't make sense. Agriculture. Give it to the Department of Agriculture. Let's do it. There you go. <laughs> the reason was to deter people from getting involved in it. That's what the reason was. No. So it is time for us to go to another sponsor break here at the Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps and Austin Zamperi this week. This is the Lone Star Collective Podcast live broadcast, end of your extravaganza. We'll be right back after our sponsor messages. Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. 
Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Gramps. Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week, I'm joined by co-host Gramps and Austin Zamhariri. It's our end-of-year extravaganza here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. And it has been quite the evening so far. I wanted to make a note, though, um, that if you're interested in having those little spots in between the discussions, becoming a sponsor just like Thrive, Trey Phillips here, texascanico.com forward slash contact dash us and you can uh, reach out to us about getting a sponsorship we will get back with you before we move on y'all I'm actually going to have to dip out and so before I left I wanted to wish everybody a wonderful Merry Christmas mm. um, Happy Hanukkah uh, Kwanzaa Boxing Day Yule Winter Solstice uh, get them all winter. now get them all yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get them all like happy to- snow NATO, you know, like we just had tornadoes up here yesterday. Christmas Kwanzaa. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm just, you know, very, very appreciative of everybody and their time and uh, just the continued investment of energy, blood, sweat, tears going into um this upcoming legislative session, especially to you, Dalton, um, and your team, Trey, you and your team. Thank you guys so much for all of the contributions that you've given to the Texas Cannabis Collective, to the Lone Star Collective, uh, helping us achieve goals like getting the first image of uh, legalization in New Mexico, like launching a big uh, 100-man march in Fort Worth, by helping to go five for five in decriminalization um, votes and ballot initiatives in the November election. Like, you know, we, we are not able to do what we are able to do without the support of other organizations that, um, you know, that really put it on the line for us. So before I leave, I wanted to thank you all. I wanted to thank everybody on our team. I wanted to wish everybody a happy holiday season. And that I love what I love you all, and I can't wait to for January to come, uh, so that we can show you that the leaders um, who really care, the stakeholders who really care, are going to be at the Capitol, and we're going to be fighting tooth and nail to make sure that either nothing happens or we win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell Charlie Crockett we said what's up, Austin. I'm going to try to if y'all. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to try to if I get a picture with Charlie, I'll I'll uh, I'll throw it up. Know. Alrighty. Hey, we'll see you soon. Take care, Austin. Be Love careful. I, w- I will say, Jesse, those commercials are produced great. You know what a deal. Thank you. They're great. They <laughs> I mean, I I need to go to the bathroom. I was like, wait, I kind of want to stay here and watch these commercials one more time. <laughs> well, I appreciate that because that's pretty much me, except for the voice. There you go. So uh, we hey. were talking about this this bit earlier about why not ban all synthetics and make safe products. And my thing about it is, is um, as I saw last session, and it's in the bill this time, is that the bill pretty much says that the Department of State Health Services will define synthetic. Yeah. And them synthetic can easily mean, did you do anything mechanical to it or chemical to it? 
the federal government has said synthetic is basically built something from scratch. That's like their legal court case definition they've, they've come up with over the years. Texas, though, is looking at it like, well, synthetic is really defined as, you know, uh, you change something by being mechanical or chemical about it, which means that any extract whatsoever would be banned overnight. If it passed with that language in it, if you had just pure CBD isolate, banned because that is now a synthetic by definition. Yeah, I think uh, it can become a real slippery slope very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going to write bills to allow themselves some wiggle room, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I think we, we just have to be careful, um, you know, that, that we don't open Pandora's box. And before you know it again, you know, hemp is essentially gutted right. and gone in Texas by definition. Right, yeah. right. And I think nobody wants nobody wants dirty products out there, but we're not yeah. really in the position to be preemptively giving anything away. So to Trey's point, it's like, hey, let's not just come out here and say, let's see if we're going to negotiate this. Let's understand how it's defined, how they're going to define it. Maybe we trade it for something later in the bill session. So we're going to be happy. But, you know, I'm kind of I'm thinking where you're at, Trey. I don't think anybody's going to be super happy with the outcome. So we should kind of keep keep the cards we can play the cards we can yeah. and see where it falls. But, you know, we're not really in the position to be banning anything we don't we don't have enough to just be giving stuff away right now yeah that's exactly the exactly true what what jesse brought up now i was going to bring it up if he didn't the the fact that the way texas looks at it if that bill were to go through the way it's written even what a lot of people call naturally derived hemp delta nine that would be banned too because you put it through an extraction process mm -hmm. you know so there's producers uh, out there like Sweet Sensi that's capable of making an all-natural Delta 8 product as well. And it's because yeah. of how much product they process. That I, I tell people it's a, it's the beach. And each beach has made up of little individual grains of sand. And each cannabis plant, the Delta 8, is that little grain of sand. But if you get enough mm -hmm. plants together, you can make a beach with those grains, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. People don't think about it like that at times. And it's like, it isn't really going to kill Delta 8 off. They're just going to find a different way to get it out of the plant. I would love to have a fully hemp-derived, natural, non-synthetic Delta 8. Like, if we find that, I want to try it. Like, I really do. I just haven't seen it. I, could be, I haven't looked that hard. I haven't sent people out there looking for it. But I'd love to try it. I, I, I did, That'd be fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I thought Jesse froze. Maybe I'm the frozen one. No, you're not frozen. I see you. I was, uh, like, I, say, I was like, did what I say really snug <laughs> Jesse that bad? <laughs> Get you this man like, some natural delta thing for me. <laughs> like, wow, 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 wow. I, uh, I have a question for Gramps, though, uh, before I have to sneak out in a couple of minutes. So if I know there's a bunch of people watching, a lot of our customers, if I'm an ordinary Texas citizen, maybe I'm really into cannabis or, you know, Maybe I'm just kind of new in it, but I want to get involved in this session. Um, what do I do as just a normal Texas citizen to get involved in the process to really support cannabis in any way I can? Are there some simple steps that I can take? Uh, that's pretty simple. One of the things you can do is reach out to to us, start to follow our social media, uh, follow our, subscribe to our website, texastxcanico.com. And uh, we're, we're going to be putting together, that's something we were going to talk about here in a little bit. We're putting together on opening day of the session for people to be able to come to the Capitol. We're going we're gonna to group everybody together, break everybody apart into smaller groups and go introduce them to their representative's office, show them where it's at. So anybody that wants to, to do what you're talking about doing and get involved for the first time, we're here and we're going to be there with you to help lead the way and show you how it's done. Uh, along with, I think Jay and his group are probably going to be there. Maybe not opening day, but there's quite a few different groups where the, that people can reach out to. Uh, we're, we're part of actually a, a pretty large coalition across the state. Let's say I had a little ticker going across the bottom of the screen about going to our site and subscribing. Because anytime we have an nice, update, nice. we put an article out. If you're in that list, you get an email about it. And I say, don't let social media algorithms choose what news you get. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, yes. if we're going to be, be hand in hand with Texas normal Texans for responsible marijuana policy in lobby day events and, and other stuff. We're sponsoring a training for lobbyists with, uh, with those groups and, and other things. So uh, just follow our socials, subscribe to our website and, and follow the podcast too. subscribe to it because we're constantly talking about, I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to see Jesse Austin and myself in Austin quite a bit uh, upcoming in the next few months. You awesome. see me so much. Awesome. They're like, I'm sick of that guy. They're going to be tired <laughs> of seeing us. I'm sick of his. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody had been, who had asked about the, the synthetics thing when I brought up that they mentioned like, well, then all CBD distillate would be banned. And it's like, yep, that's, that's yeah, what, that's why we talk about. It. It's a slippery slope because yeah, they nobody's going advocating. Well. No, I've never met anybody advocating for like fake, fully synthetic products, but it's like the devil's no. in the details. So it's like, you know, let's see, let's wait. Let's see how this plays out. Yeah. And it's, okay. and it's, it's like, we have a federal court system to sue these States. It's like, yeah, we've seen where the federal government has said D8 itself is legal. And then if Congress doesn't want it, Congress could, would change that. Yep. The, the thing is, is our state can technically be more restrictive as well. The federal mm -hmm. government's given each state that, 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 that ground to move. Texas could literally shut down its hemp program and we'd have no recourse federally to do anything about it. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened when the, you know, I mean, the federal hemp program was signed before the Texas hemp program. Um, and yeah, so there was, there was several months, um, you know, this is back 2018, 2019 when we were open and it was federally legal, but it wasn't definitively legal in Texas. It was still, in our opinion, a very gray area, but yeah, when you're operating without any, um, you know, without a safety net, it can be, it can be a little stressful for people. And so if that happens again, you're going to see a lot of operators panic, pull the plug, or there's just going to be a lot of chaos in the market again. Sure. Yeah. One last one in somebody's asking, is there any work towards getting cannabis felons access to hemp licenses? I will say I do not know. I honestly do not know. No, I sure. Is anybody I putting a bill forward for that? I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any anything pre-filed that addresses that at all. No. The question There's... the question is anybody working on it? How is there a statute? Is it to, is it a total ban right now for felons to have hemp licenses in Texas? Yeah, you I, can't I, have you can't have a prior history. You can't prior, have a prior, prior history. felon history or any drug any history felon, that. Drug history or felon history. Is Correct. it both? Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's more of a, it might be part of 1325. I think it may be a more of a department of ag item when they submitted the, the farm bill for, for approval. It's, it's really horrible advice to have to give. Uh, I have a lot of friends who moved to Oklahoma, uh, some victims of the drug war. And if you're facing one of these things and want to get involved, it, you need to go to Oklahoma to try to get in some business right now. Uh, I think they have a little more easy lack statute limitation laws. They at least have a pathway to license uh, holder status. But in Texas, yeah. And then people complain, why are, why is that not the first thing on our list? And it's like, we're literally trying to like defend the Alamo. Like these little, like bringing up, we want felons to have this. And it's like, they're not even trying to list. They're not even listening to logic right now. They're not even recognizing this is all over the streets. How is bringing up this stuff they definitely don't want? So, I mean, it's, a, it's an issue I'm passionate about. So I have a lot of friends I have a few friends that are straight victims of the drug war that have been demonized by this. And uh, it's an issue that we're passionate about. And the felon, they really need to come tell their stories. If you have a passionate story uh, about this and you're a felon that wants to work in this, it might be great for you to come share your story. But also some of those folks don't want to talk about it out loud. So that might be a long-winded answer. What was that next question, Jesse? I love how you can just pop them up and down. That's great. Well, the person who asked, they, they, they brought up, they said, I can't get equity shares. I can only be a manager. And that uh, essentially I'm only allowed to be exploited for my growing skills. And it's Grustin Scarecrow. We've had him on the show about a month or so back. Yeah, um, yeah he's he's got prior offenses, uh, including stuff with with cannabis. So the state's like, nope, you can't you can't be a part of that. I thought Oklahoma had a five year statute of limitations. I could be totally wrong on that because I have a friend that's now uh, that has ownership and licenses uh, in Oklahoma, and his statute of limitations was five years. I know each case is different. Um, yeah. 
and he was working towards his Oklahoma citizenship. And that's a tall task to ask anybody. I love Texas, like eighth or ninth generation Texas. I wouldn't want to leave. Well, I know. So it's like, I, I know that's a tough situation. <clears throat> um, but that's something we could talk to lawmakers about and try to make an issue. You know, there's so many. One, one of my friends said there's no shortage of good causes. You know, there's so many uh, causes for us to go after right now. Yeah. I know in Y'all Oklahoma, Dalton, uh, in Oklahoma now, you have to be a resident for five years or you can't get a license. Wild. Not to grow, not to be a dispensary, not anything. You have to be a citizen for five years, have res- your primary residence in Oklahoma. They just passed why. that, I think, year before last. I, said, wow. I understand why they did that. They had people, you had to be an Oklahoma resident, and then they had just companies moving in where one person would become a resident. And they go, oh, look, that shareholder is a resident. We can now operate. Right, right. The operating agreement that. says I can buy your shares back for X amount of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Wild yeah. in here. So do you all have any, any other final thoughts as we start to wrap up this end of year extravaganza? My final thoughts would be just uh, thank you to the cannabis community for all your support. And I really encourage everyone to get involved come January in the political process, no matter what side uh, you fall on, get involved, talk to your representative, be part of organizations like Texas Cannabis Collective um, that are really spreading this message and spreading the news. And uh, we'll be down in Austin this session and really look forward to seeing anybody down there. And it's just really been a blast again to be part of this community in 2022. Absolutely. Any final thoughts from you, Dalton? Uh, you know, we're just hanging in there. This will be my third session that I've really monitored this uh, really tight. And I've just learned not to get your hopes up with certain things. Uh, Greenlight's only committed to one big event in 2023 right now. It's going to be the Texas Cannabis Roundup. I think the Texas Cannabis Collective is going to be our nonprofit partner again. Uh, let's try to come out to that August or September. Uh, check out Texas Cannabis TV on Instagram. We're working on that. And just get involved. I mean, I think networking and talking and asking questions and going with some, I mean, going to the Capitol by yourself, talking to your lawmakers, bring a friend, ask somebody experience. I mean, I remember a few years ago, Austin would literally drive from like almost da- damn near Fort Worth to Denton to go with somebody to talk to their lawmakers. So ask a friend, get involved. It's not the boogeyman it used to be. And uh, I think we're looking for good times here in Texas. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you say don't get your hopes up i tell people now also look at every bill that's out there mm-hmm. that's been put forward that has something to do with cannabis because it's always it's always going to be an availability as a backdoor item mm. for something you possibly don't want right yeah and i i i said that last year people are like oh no and the concentrates bill quickly became the backdoor for delta eight or any or any carte blanche federal legalization bill. We all want federal legalization, but the devil's in the details there. That might cut us all out of here. So yeah. we got to read the bills, do the work, and uh, we're going to see what's going to happen here. Well, that is going to be. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Trey. Glad y'all could make it for the end of your extravaganza. And that is going to be it for this Appreciate episode. Lo- cool. Thanks, guys. Congrats, the Lone Star Trey. Collective. Podcast your host Jesse Williams. Man, that is it. This is the last recording for the year. We've still got some episodes that are going to be coming out over the next couple of weeks, but this is the last one we record, and then we'll see you again in the new year in 2023. We hope everybody has a fun, safe, and happy holiday. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for your advocacy with us along the way during the year. The people showed up, they helped out, they did what they could, and we're going to move on to this next year, and we're going to keep chucking along and moving things forward. We thank you for being there with us. Everybody have a safe, happy, fun holiday, and enjoy it with your family and friends.